Joe Biden Ukrainian phone call has been released. We will be going over that today. A FedEx boycott is being called because of a viral video. COVID-19 fear-mongering at an all-time high. And the Florida governor exposes the mainstream media's treatment of coronavirus. We're going to get into all this and more. Welcome to the Raging Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Saladino, where we go through everything in the news together. Now let's get into this. The Florida governor exposes the fake news media for their coverage of Florida handling the coronavirus. Listen to this. Our data is available. Our data is transparent. In fact, Dr. Burks has talked multiple times about how Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun. And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. Not only do we have a lower death rate, well, we have way lower deaths generally, we have a lower death rate than the Acela Corridor, D.C., everyone up there. We have a lower death rate than the Midwest, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. But even in our region, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida has the lower death rate. And I was the number one landing spot from tens of thousands of people leaving the number one hot zone in the world to come to my state. So we've succeeded, and I think that people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption, so they got to try to find a boogeyman. Maybe it's that there are black helicopters circling the Department of Health. If you believe that, um, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. Last question. Oh my gosh. Epic. Oh, he, DeSantis, he went off and it is 100% true because the Democrats had been saying for over a month now that Florida was going to go under all the left has been saying and I said this before on my show yesterday I said it's the same exact um, cycle that the left and the mainstream media are doing state opens up they say that this RIP to that state weeks go by nothing happens and then they just repeat they ignore it and they repeat with the next state and Florida, I know, has a very large older population. That's where all the a lot of older people in New York City, they go to Florida to retire. So the demographics between New York City, the hotspot, and Florida are relatively similar. There's a lot of... Uh, my grandparents are retired, for instance. They moved to Florida. And so is a ton of other retired old people in New York City. And also on top of that, when I was traveling across country... I ran into people fleeing New Jersey and New York, older people, to Florida when the whole COVID-19 outbreak was happening. Now, as I was traveling, uh, I was going down south. I was stopping Washington, D.C. As I was going, I met and I ran into a lot of people that were fleeing to Florida. And the, the Florida governor makes a very good point. People were fleeing your state to my state because we have lower deaths, lower death rate. We're doing better. All, all of the above. And you want, you want to know why? What's probably... One of the causes of that is the fact that I bet you the hospitals and the governor are not politicizing the issue. They're not overinflating. That's probably the number one reason. The number two reason might be the weather. Number three reason might be because people are getting herd immunity now. But also, if you look at it on top of it, obviously... The warmer weather will will slow the spread. We know that. We know warmer, hotter, humid weather will slow the spread because the virus will die quicker. But that does not that would not have an effect on the death rate. That might have an effect on their overall deaths, but the death rate is still immensely 
smaller than New York. So boycott FedEx is trending because of this video because FedEx fired these employees that have been yelling at this dude. We're gonna watch the video, we're gonna break down what happens. But you didn't have to come out there cussing me like that, like I'm some child. I ain't no little boy. I'm no little boy. I'll wait till the police come. You can record all you want, bro. Yeah, I got you. Right there. I got that's you, That's where bro. his power at right there. That's your power. That's his power. That's where your power at right there. Man, I ain't finna waste my time with you. You got my information. You got my information. They'll find me. They'll find me. You need to get your glasses back on. Yeah, I thought you were gonna whoop my ass too. So that was a video of an African-American FedEx employee yelling at a white dude. Obviously, this clip starts up after something else has happened. But as of right now, the time I'm recording this, there is nothing to of note that I could show you. We're going to go through what the guy posting this has to say. Update. FedEx called called and, t and told me to take down this video and fired us both. Uh, I'm, re I'm reposting this video because people like him, doesn't matter white or any race, should never disrespect essential workers, putting their lives in jeopardy, especially with the COVID-19. Listen, get off your high horse about you're putting your lives in jeopardy, you're delivering freaking packages. Everybody is playing their part in this. Don't act like you're better than everybody else because you're delivering packages to people's doors. I'm sure there's a ton of people that will be glad to take that job if you're going to make it. You're going to act like you're a firefighter or somebody that's saving lives. Um, he went on with a larger thread, said, Backstory. All we did... Just, oh, all we did just delivered his package. Mind you, he was in the house. It was quick stop as soon. We, sorry, this guy's English is so bad. It's impossible to read. We were leaving. He ran out his house cursing and threatening us. And we just apologized. But he kept escalating the situation. Then kept saying he would whoop our black bums. Um... That's when he told his that's when we told his wife to get the police on us. That's when he kept following us. Then he pulled out his phone to record us and started playing the victim role. We drove off at first, but then but they yelled F y'all. So we stopped the truck and that's when I started to record the incident. See, that's when you're wrong. I'm sorry, but if you're working in your representative company in the company's uniform on duty, even if this guy was the biggest jerk off alive, even if he was yelling racial slurs at you, saying, you damn Adam word, you damn this, you whatever, 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 you're representing that uniform. You can't go at him like that. There, there's a saying, the customer's always right. If you want to have, if, you know, if, if, if you're working at a restaurant and somebody comes over and is being extremely rude to you and mean to you, you know, I mean, that's that's the, that's an even different situation because they're in the restaurant. This you're driving away. You the transaction is completed. You're leaving. You're off, and you're letting your emotions take the best of you to go back and make the instant make the altercation more drawn out. You're you're adding fuel to the fire of something that you can just drive away. If it was, if you're not representing the company. Fine, go for it. Have fun. You know, start a fight. Whatever you want to do. But you're representing the company. You can't be upset that you get fired over something like that. 
especially when the footage coming out is completely the opposite of your favor, even if what you're saying is true. Um, mind y'all, we go through this all the time. He he was the first to actually come at us crazy. Hmm. If you're dealing with this all the time, maybe you guys are doing something wrong or you're just working in the most racist neighborhood in America. And all we do is our job. We work six days out of the week to deliver these packages during COVID-19 going on. I really appreciate the job opportunity I had with FedEx. No hard feelings, but I pray I can get back on my feet because I have a daughter now. Uh, listen. Don't play the sympathy card. What happened happens. Shout out to my trainer. He a real good dude and taught me a lot. I mean, it doesn't help that his picture is, you know, him all tatted up. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to say he looks like a gangbanger, but I mean, he kind of just looks like one. I mean, that's on you. That's on. I don't care. I, I I won't judge you based on that. But I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying it. It does. It doesn't help. So, uh, the Not Joey Salads Twitter account tweeted out, I mean, you need the full video to prove you're innocent. Based on the information we have provided, it makes you two look like gangbangers. And that can be a completely wrong assessment. It could be a wrong assessment. The, the guy yelling, the, the white dude, could have been a racist, jerk-off, totally out of, his, out of his mind, trying to start something. That could be 100% true. If that is true... You got to just ignore the situation or defuse it. Unless the guy is coming at you trying to physically assault you. He's just yelling names at you and he's just recording you. Okay, take it, call the cops, take your pictures, take your videos, move on with your day. You're representing the company. If you're not representing a company, go for it. Go go beat his ass. Go for it. I, don't, I, I you know, maybe the guy didn't deserved it. But that's a big if. That's if your statement is true. Now we can go on if your statement isn't true based on the information we have provided, based on the information we have provided is literally just this video and it looks terrible on you and your buddy. And then you're still wrong. So that's, that's the problem. You're still wrong in that situation. And right now they are tweeting, the, the whole Black Lives Matter left-wing community is tweeting out, hashtag boycott FedEx, like they pay attention to the delivery methods of their order. Somebody replied back, I don't care if FedEx starts a war in third world countries, to be honest. They get stuff across the globe for me for pretty cheap. And this whole hashtag is just filled with people uh, pissed off at FedEx for basically um, firing the two gentlemen that were the workers. I mean, can you blame them? It seems like FedEx just wanted this to just go away. Just fire them, get over it, and move on. This is such... An insignificant piece, a little drop in the bucket compared to the stuff that the company as a whole has to deal with. Um, This one tweeted, this is really upsetting. What the hell do we do to do to our society to stop supporting racist and white supremacists and start protecting people who are the victims of these attacks? These two are essential workers just trying to do their jobs for goodness sakes. Listen. They turned around. They were leaving and they turned around specifically for a purpose. What that purpose was, probably to record it, to yell at the dude. There's a saying in in business, the customer's always right. Even when they're wrong, they're right. (laughs) You know, it just... uh, On your own time, you can do it. But you're doing this on the dime. Like, I can't stress that enough. You're doing this on the dime 
of the business that you're working at. If I owned a business and my employees turned around to go fight somebody, honestly, I probably wouldn't really care much. Uh, if it was gonna, if it was starting a bad look for my company, I don't know. It's a little bit different when you're working on things on a on a small scale business. When you're working things on a small business versus a giant corporation, because something like this could take a hit to the company because of the massive outcry, the massive outrage. And this is something that big corporations can't win because it's getting into political territory with the color of the skin. But people do not want to... People are looking for things to boycott. People are looking for things to be outraged. People are looking for things to feed into their uh, their racial politics Especially now, you know, you see them saying uh, COVID-19 is racist and all. People are desperate to keep their political biases alive. Uh, someone else replied, you stood up to a Kevin who called the manager and then got fired. Why is it that white people get away with everything and minorities always have to suffer the consequences? Um, prove it, I guess. Like, <laughs> in... in it's not always like that. If anything, minorities get the leg up, at least um, based on affirmative action. Why is it that minorities can get jobs while <laughs> white people can't based on the same exact test scores? I mean, if you want to play that game, we can play that game legally, not based on your just assessment. See, this is another problem. People like this, they take... Oh, it looks like white people get away with everything and black people never get... Well, that's just your perception. That's just the information you're being fed to you as a headline, as a Twitter trend. That's the problem. You're being fed this certain type of information and that is your skewed, warped sense of reality versus the truth. I want to know what you guys think about this. Do you think that FedEx was right? Uh... And do you believe that guy's story? I, I just want to know your t your thoughts on it based on what I said, if it's different than my thoughts. So listen to this fear-mongering by the left to promote COVID-19 doomsday. Spoke at Mike Schultz, who, have, who has gone viral for sharing a before-and-after photo of his six weeks in the hospital after, after contracting the coronavirus uh, at the Miami Winter Party Festival. So, lot to unpack here. It shows the guy being big, buff, and jack. Then it goes over to show him, you know, obviously lost a sizable amount of weight and, and muscle. Now, I love how they put in this that he got it at the Miami Winter Festival party, spewing the fact that, look, this is why you, you should not go to public events because you'll end up like this guy. Look how sick he looks like he's dying. Listen, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unfold. This guy clearly was on an extreme amount of steroids, before, not too extreme, but it's clear, it's obvious that he was on steroids prior to him contracting coronavirus. Going into the hospital for six weeks, you know, about a month, you're gonna, he's off his cycle of steroids. He's not counting his macros. He's not working out. He's not getting the proper nutrition that his body is typically used to. This is just what happens to your, on top of that, you're sick as well. So this drastic change of him going from super buff to pretty skinny is just, it's being inflated 
by the dude's regular uh, you, <laughs> routine. I mean, you can do steroids all you want. I don't care. That's up to you. But what the point I'm trying to make here is that his uh, his body change is inflated. Not uh, It's not solely because of COVID-19. It's because of his usual routine of how he keeps his body, of his upkeep. I went to the hospital for half the time of this. I was in the hospital by, probably for like two, three weeks. I was sick. I had autoimmune disease. And guess what? They actually pumped me full of steroids. This guy's off the steroids. They pumped me full of steroids. And I came out in just a couple weeks. I don't even think it was a couple weeks. <clears throat> I got COVID. I'm just kidding. So I came out in a couple weeks. And I actually got fat. I gained a lot of weight. I went, from before I went in, I was skinny, and I left a fat lard. A lot can change from being in the hospital for a short amount of time, and it doesn't have to actually be directly because of the illness. Me, I went in. I was skinny and scrawny to begin with. They pumped me full of steroids, and from sitting around doing nothing all day, doing nothing but eating, not burning the calories from my body, my body inflating from the steroids, all the water weight, all the extra fat gaining up, Boink, I blew up in a relatively short amount of time. I didn't blow up because of the virus. I blew up because of the steroids that they were giving me and because of my body's sedative lifestyle. In his case, it's, I guess, kind of the opposite in a way, where his body deflates because he's not taking steroids. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure... I mean, and the comments are like, oh, it's just the flu, like making fun of the people who are saying it's the flu. <laughs> I mean, some people are, are a little bit more privy, so they're like, oh, so he's going back on the roids now? Obviously, some people are like six weeks off of steroids, that's what happens to you. Uh, six weeks in the hospital, comes home. Okay, uh, so there are some pe smart people in the comments. He went vegan because of a bad heart, started running and eating healthy. They paid him to make like it was from coronavirus. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's what vegans could do to you. He does look a little bit vegan. I've noticed when people go vegan, when they go from a meat diet to a vegan diet, they look very drained and wrinkly, and, and they look unhealthy in the face, especially. So that could be another reason as well. So breaking, a Republican-led Senate panel authorized subpoena in Hunter Biden probe. Do you think Hunter Biden and Joe Biden should be locked up? I think they should. So a Senate committee voted on Wednesday to authorize a subpoena as part of a Republican-led investigation targeting former Vice President Joe Biden's son, Hunter. The party-line votes in the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee came amid vigorous objections from the Democrats, who have accused the GOP counterparts of aiding Russian disinformation efforts and improperly using the Senate's resources to boost President Donald Trump's political fortunes. So listen, the Democrats are accusing Trump of, of using... Uh, Senate resources, I guess government resources, to boost political gain for Trump. Who in the world are they to talk? They weaponize the CIA. They weaponize the FBI. They weaponize the House. They weaponize the mainstream media. And that's not government-related, but they're weaponizing everything that they can for political gain, the Democrats. And they have the nerve and the audacity to accuse the Republicans. Something that we actually, the one thing that we're doing here... We were, we're actually, we waited until we got all the evidence, and, until we got some more information to allow this stuff to go on. Meanwhile, the Democrats, they're just throwing investigations and committees and, and uh, impeachments, throwing them all around, all willy-nilly, with no justification, no nothing, no evidence. 
nothing damaging, nothing illegal coming up from anything that they're doing. Let's see what we come up with. Wednesday vote authorizes the committee chairman, uh, Senator Ron Johnson, to subpoena Blue Star Strategists, a Democrat public relationship firm that did consulting work for the Burisma and, and oil uh, Ukrainian energy company, whose board Hunter Biden sat on. Johnson probe focuses on alleged that Blue Star Strategists sought to leverage Biden's position on a board in order to influence matters at an Obama-era State Department. Uh, I'm sure you guys pretty much know the whole uh, story. It was basically Joe Biden was doing some quid pro quo for, um, you know, saying, give me this, I'll give you that, you know, help my son out. That whole spiel. You guys know what happened. I'm going to be talking about it more on the show. You're going to be seeing a lot more in the news. I, I, Me personally, I hate diving into the whole Russia, Ukraine, scandal this, scandal that. I, In my mind, I try my best to block it out because it's something that's been so drilled in for so long, ever since Trump started running for office. It's, I, I kind of black it, block it out. If I see some story about Russia, Ukraine, honestly, me personally, I'm so sick of it, I skip it. I almost don't even care anymore, but uh, (laughs) that's me personally. I'm just trying to give you guys what's going on regardless. Recordings of calls between Joe Biden and the ex-Ukrainian president have been leaked. And we're going to play that call for you right now, and we're going to break it down and go through what happened. Yesterday, I met meet with the General Prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. In, uh, as a, his... Uh, position as a state person and despite of the fact that he has a support in the power and as a finish of my meeting with him he promised me to give me the statement on, on resignation and one hour ago he bring me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. President Poroshenko? Yes. One moment for Vice President Biden. Introducing President Poroshenko. Hey, Mr. President Joe Biden, how are you? Very well indeed. All the time when I hear your voice, it's a great pleasure for me. Well, I'm on Air Force Two, and I think we're going to stay connected. We just took off, and I'm hoping this connection will stay open. <laughs> they lost connection. Do you mean that uh, um, uh, there is a new government? and a a new prosecutor general, Uh, I am prepared to do a public signing of the commitment for the billion dollars. Again, I'm not suggesting that that's what you want or don't want. I'm just suggesting that that's what we're prepared to do. And again, it wouldn't be finalized until, you 
you know, the IMF pieces are written. Extremely strong motivation. One of the possible candidates was leader of my faction, Lutsenko, who is the public figure. If you think that the political motivated figure would be not very good from your point of view, I recall this proposal, I do not propose, because nobody knows that I want to propose Lutsenko. In this situation, I take uh, all the political motivated figures out from this process. All right, well, look, let me, um, uh, let me, uh, when I, you and I finish speaking, let me huddle with my team, talk over what you and I just talked about. I agree with you, there is a sense of urgency here. Hey, Mr. President, Joe Biden, how are you? Very well indeed, as usual when I hear your voice. Thank you very well, much. Well, you are doing very well. Congratulations on, uh, on getting the new prosecutor general. I know there's a lot more that has to be done. Real quick, it sounds like Biden keeps on clicking the, the cell phone button with his cheek. Done, but I really, uh, I really think, that's, I think that's good, uh, and I understand you're working with the Rod in the coming days on a number of additional laws to secure the IMF. So, But congratulations on installing the new prosecutor general. It's going to be critical uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage Chokin did. And I'm a man of my word. I, uh, and that now that the new prosecutor general is in place, we're ready to move forward in signing that new $1 billion loan guarantee. And I don't know how you want to go about that. I'm not going to be able to get to, uh, um, to Kiev uh, anytime soon. Um, meaning the next month or so, and uh, um, and uh, I don't know whether you could either sign it with our ambassador, or if you came here, we could sign it, or if you want, uh, we're inviting Groisman here later. Uh, uh, I'm going to be talking to him later this morning, not for that purpose. We're inviting him uh, to Washington, and so uh, it's, I'll, I'll leave it up to you as to how you want that done and when you want it done. Uh, first of all, thank you very much indeed for these words of support. Be believe me that it is, was a very tough challenge and very difficult job. And uh, Mrs. Uh, Timoshenko and Mr. Leshko fraction tried to break this because we not only voted for the new prosecutor general, which we do in a very short period of time, within one day we changed the law. By the way, in this law, we are presenting the, the new structure of the General Prosecutor Office, including the General Inspection, as we yeah, agree. Yeah, that, that's real. And the second, second thing, I uh, immediately invite Lutsenko and said that uh, he should contact uh, your embassy, and I would be very pleased if you will have a certain person uh, who can come either from Washington or uh, whenever. We have here, I don't remember his name, the Ukrainian origin uh, pros American prosecutor. He is a little bit yeah. old. I sent to the Jeffrey his name. And he was ready to come and to be assistant and advisor. Uh, with a very good experience in the American system and he can be the person of trust with the new prosecution system. I think this is exactly the right time to do that. And if he's still ready to come and to cooperate from the very first step 
in the very first meaning of the new prosecutor, that is exactly what I'm looking for. Well, let me, uh, let me get in contact with the Justice Department and uh, pursue that. I'll get his name and uh, let me find out where that is, because it is in our interest, obviously, to provide professional assistance as quick as we can so this gets up and started in the right direction. So I, I will move on that as soon as we hang up. Uh, I'll put that in train and I'll get back to you as to what, we, uh, what I'm able to do. Absolutely. Second, thank you very much indeed. This is exactly what I'm looking for. The second thing is that I want to thank you that you give me your word that immediately when we change the legislation and I appoint uh, the new prosecutor general, and it would be Yuri Lutsenko, as we agreed on our previous meeting in Washington. And uh, when it happened, um, we can have this loan guarantee. And thank you very much. So I think that's the end of the recording of the call that was released. I want to know what you guys think. Imagine if this was Trump who had a call like that. We all know the transcript of Trump's call was nothing compared to something like this. So let's read what this says. Uh, leaked phone call between Joe Biden and the Ukrainian president have made public uh, by, the, by a Ukrainian lawmaker. Edited recordings of the call were played at a news conference today in wherever that place is, who claimed he had proof showing that Burisma Holdings, the Ukrainian natural gas company that employed Biden's son, Hunter Biden, paid the vice president, Joe Biden, $900,000 in lobbying fees. Details of the conversation between Biden and Prozovek have been, been previously reported. Uh, Durska said he received the leaked audio from investigative journalists. And that I'm sure it's probably some from the government, let's be real. And that the recordings were made by Prosvik himself. Audio calls, uh, okay. In one conversation, Biden and Proska discussed the aftermath of the Ukrainian prosecutor general ousted for the appointment of his re replacement. It's going to be critical for him to work quickly to repair the damage that Shovkin did. Uh, Biden said that the call and I am a man of my word, and now that the new prosecutor general is in place, we're ready to move forward in signing that new $1 billion loan guarantee. That is very important, and we need to break down why Biden wanted that new prosecutor and why he was saying, you got to get rid of the prosecutor, and then we'll give you a $1 billion. Could it be because they were investigating into his son? Could it be because the lobbying fees? Hmm. At this time, Biden was publicly pushing for reform of the prosecutor general. Last year, Biden said he told Prosvik that Ukraine would not receive the $1 billion unless the prosecutor was booted. Or at least recordings did not mention Hunter Biden or Burisma. Uh, a former member of the pro-Russian party of regions had pushed for a corruption case against the Bidens. He and Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's personal attorney, met in Kiev. In December. So, I mean, going into what we know, but the thing is, at the beginning of this call, um, Proskovicko was saying that there, at the time there was no evidence. I'm trying to go to the, uh, the specific quote that he said. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about him doing something wrong. So at the time, uh, the president of Ukraine was saying that there is no evidence of this corruption as to of why Biden would want him out. So I want to know what you guys think about this situation. Is it, it goes very deep. 
I do, to be fair, it does seem like it could be framed either way. You can easily frame it either way, so we, we need to be fair in that sense. Thank you so much for listening to The Raging Patriot. If you are listening to Apple, please give it five stars. Uh, the left is one star bombarding me. If you want to shoot me a text, send me some fan mail, 917-540-8768. You can shoot me a text. I'll keep you updated on things. You can send me questions. I might answer them on the show. I might answer them in the text with you. Uh, also, if you can, please share this episode to your friends. Send it to your friends. I, I love doing this daily show. Send it to your friends. Subscribe. Tell them to subscribe. Um, you know, I'll be here every single day. Uh, you know, I'll never take a day off. I, I, I promise you. And if I do, then I, I, pro- I probably have COVID-19. I'm probably sick and dying. So yeah, thank, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. Go listen to another episode. If you listen to this this far, then, then you need help. You need to go to my other episodes. Peace out.